please welcome the man it's all occurred to, Richard Herring. Thank you. Thank you very much. It would mean more if I hadn't done a special sign to make you applaud. But uh, I'm sure you'd have done it anyway. Anyway, hello and welcome to Ayatama. Yeah, that was terrible. Did you shout Willie's there? I knew someone would. So uh, now with added theme music, which is uh, Christian Rye there. Do you like that? Please give it up for the incredible Christian Rye, ladies and gentlemen. He's done that. He wrote that especially for us. Hey, Christ. How are you doing? So uh, it's good, good to have you back. We've, we're slowly reassembling the cast of Tututin. Thank you. Like we're in the Magnificent Seven. No, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, though uh, Danny Robbins will never be in the show. Uh, I like you. <laughs> Just one for us there. Uh, I like your tunes, dude. Maybe after the show, you and me can hang out and do some jamming. I didn't know you played any instruments. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've got all three different guitars from the Beatles rock band. Yeah. <laughs> Though uh, I've actually only ever used the Paul McCartney one, and I haven't even got the George Harrison one out of the box yet, because after spending an additional £180 on the two extra guitars, I pretty much realised that it doesn't really matter which piece of plastic you <laughs> click the button on. <laughs> you are still a 42-year-old man prancing around in your bedroom in your pants on your own with a toy guitar pretending you're in the Beatles. It's not, import it's not important if in your mind you're being John Lennon but you're using Paul McCartney's guitar because A, it's not Paul McCartney's guitar. It's a piece of plastic in the shape of Paul McCartney's guitar but smaller. And B, you're not John Lennon. You're pretending. A 42-year-old man pretending. Save yourself some money. Just use a broom handle, a Beatles CD and your imagination to pretend you're in the band. Or save yourself even more money, just imagine you're in the band. <laughs> but uh, according to Paul McCartney, John Lennon would have approved of the game. And I love it when people speak for the dead retrospectively, uh, decide what they would have liked. Douglas, Ad Douglas Adams, I'm sure, would have loved the new Hitchhiker's book. Yeah, and the film. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Ian Fleming would have liked the James Bond canon to be expanded. Peter Sellers would have been overjoyed about Steve Martin. Crap. <laughs> crouching above his grave and taking shit after shit over his mouldering corpse. Unless a celebrity leaves a note saying, I'd really like it if my artistic legacy was financially exploited to its fullest extent by whichever vast deference inherits the rights, then I think we should assume they don't want that. Still, I'm glad uh, Paul McCartney has made that uh, leap of imagination because the Beatles rock band is brilliant and I'm really good at the guitar in it. So uh, can I jam with you after the show, Christian? Uh, sorry, I have to do a thing. Shame. Uh, anyway, uh, this is, as it occurs to me, the solipsistic stand-up and sketch show that is all about stuff that I've been doing and thinking this week. If it's not bad enough that I spend my whole time gazing into my own navel, I'm now going to force you to gaze into it as well. Look, it's got some lint in it and... Uh, <laughs> If you poke your finger in and twizzle it around and then sniff, it's got this faint and strange yet indefinable odour which will never, ever quite disappear. And speaking of people with stinking fingers, please welcome, please welcome my fellow passengers on this United 93 of sketch shows, Dan Tetzel and TV's Emma Kennedy. Hello. Fantastic. Hello. 
Let's roll. So, uh, what occurred to you this week? Uh, oh, I was uh, well. I was a bit worried that uh, absolutely nothing had occurred to me. And the, uh, the highlight of my week, you, you know, when on your iTunes and when you download the album, sometimes the album picture comes up, uh, but sometimes it doesn't. Uh, so I, I went through and I replaced those from pictures I found on mm. the internet. It's <laughs> uh, a pretty, pretty good week for you. But then, luckily, just before I came on, I locked myself in the toilet. Yeah. And was nearly late. <laughs> well, you locked yourself in, but then it was locked and you couldn't get out. That's what I presume you mean. Yes. Yeah, good. Uh, everyone locks. I actually went to the toilet in uh, the dressing room uh, of the lady who's in the Marilyn Monroe show. Oh, it's I a lady, is it? Cause, yeah, because I, <laughs> uh, I didn't want to do a poo in our dressing room and make it smell. No. So I went, uh, went in hers. She'll never know. So, uh, how about you, Emma? What has anything occurred to you? Well, my my bathroom was was finally finished um, this toilet, week, which, which yeah, which was which was a relief because <laughs> yeah. um, I don't know if ever, any of you have ever had your bathroom replaced, but I got really bad wee and poo anxiety <laughs> when the builders were in, so to the point that I actually had to do a wee in a bucket <laughs> in my garden, which was kind of all right until I was doing one, and then I looked up and there was a man on a ladder looking down at me, which was quite bad. But to do a poo, uh, I actually had to drive to my parents and back again, which was a round trip of about two hours. <laughs> but, you know. Okay, why did you have wee and poo anxiety? Well, I, I, th this is actually the fault of a very well-known actress uh, who I can't mention for reasons you will now understand, because she told me about her story when she was having her bathroom refitted, and she really, really needed a poo. And she went in, and, and they'd been working on the toilet that morning, they just put the new one in. And she said, look, I, I really need to go to the toilet, would, would you mind awfully if I just had the bathroom for a moment? And they were, they were Polish buildings, and says, yeah, 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 it's fine, fine. And so she went in, and she said she did the biggest shit of her life, <laughs> and then flushed and realised that the toilet wasn't connected. <laughs> and her poo, she watched, literally stood in horror as her poo came out of the end of the toilet. And before she could do anything, it fell through a hole in the floorboards and landed in the kitchen where all the builders were standing drinking tea. Very well-known actress. <laughs> Let me know who it is afterwards. I'll go and poo in her dressing room. So, um, <laughs> so anyway, here's, uh, here's a few quick things that have occurred to me this week. Tuesday. Uh, I was up stupidly early uh, to appear on Channel 5's flagship discussion show, The Right Stuff, along with Gail Porter and Joe Mangle from Neighbours. <laughs> apparently is real. I didn't understand that. It, uh, it's currently the only Channel 5 show not to incorporate some kind of casino-style game into the programme to fleece its feckless viewers. But still, there's time. There's time for that to be introduced. But I have to tell you, it has the weirdest and most terrifying studio audience I have ever seen. Uh, it makes the misfits who come to see this show look positively normal. There's a, there's a man here in the front row uh, who looks like a cross between Quasimodo and the Elephant Man. Honestly, mate, if you sat in the middle of the right... No, you, Andy. If you... 
<laughs> if you sat in the middle of the Right Stuff audience, you would look like Brad Pitt in comparison <laughs> to the dregs of humanity they have in there. Uh, I want you to know, I didn't just pick on you because you're at the front. Uh, I had a good look around everyone and you were still the most hideous. So, uh, which in a room of podcast fans is quite an achievement, I have to say. Thursday. Oh, I'm back here. Uh, bit there. On Thursday, it was announced the BMP might be forced to accept black and Asian people as members uh, legally, which is amazing. You might wonder what kind of black or Asian person would join the BNP. Uh, but if enough of them did join, then they could get control of the party, take over power and, and get elected into the executive. It would be amazing. I can't wait to hear Nick Griffin saying they come over here taking our jobs. Uh, Sunday. And uh, I was reading about the funeral of Stephen Gately and seeing all the tributes and tears, the genuine emotion displayed for this tragic loss of an inspirational and talented man. I just started wondering how the world would react if Boyzone's Mickey Graham uh, was run over by a bus tomorrow. Uh, I mean, everyone would have to go through the motions of being upset and <laughs> saying he was great and... The other band members would really be forced to have another tattoo done a bit, a bit more reluctantly, probably slightly smaller. You'd be able to see in everyone's eyes that their hearts weren't really in it. That's if anyone even noticed he wasn't there. To be honest, he might, he might have been dead for years. I had to look his name up and I still mispronounced it. It's Mikey Graham. As it occurs to me. Things that have occurred to Richard Herring. So, that's a new sting feature we've introduced. Not sure it's going to work. So, uh, so one of the things uh, that occurred to me last week was the first show of As It Occurs To Me. Uh, uh, let's just do all that again. No, it was, uh, it was a bit patchy, of course, but that's kind of the nature of the beast. And all things considered, it seemed to go down pretty well. You know, everyone seemed to like it. Well, which not, is not, no, actually not quite everyone, Richard. How not. do you mean, Dan? Uh, well, I think you'll find that there was a fellow called Jacuz on iTunes, who was, who was less than complimentary. Mm. Well, we don't really have to worry about some internet troll. Wow. Yeah, he, he wrote, God awful, I couldn't have loathed it more, and illustrates perfectly why he's not on TV and radio more. <laughs> One star. Yeah, there was a lot yeah. of lot yeah, good I, stuff. No, I, I, I think Jacuz uh, is worth listening to, Rich. I mean, most trolls on the internet call themselves crude names like... Fanny Magnet 69 or Thundercunt, you know. No, not many people choose a name that's a pun based on the letter Emil Zola wrote for the Leroy newspaper in 1898, accusing Predix Fe President Felix Four of anti-Semitism and the unlawful imprisonment of Alfred Dreyfus. That, that is more unusual. And, yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't pick him up. Jacuz is a fucking idiot. <laughs> you couldn't have loathed it more, hey, Jacuz. For you, the epitome of hatred is a hastily written, unedited sketch show which you have to choose to download for free. <laughs> Would you have not loathed it more if I'd spent the whole time reading out the manifesto of the British National Party and saying it was brilliant? That wouldn't have been, that wouldn't have been as bad. When it was saying Stephen Gately had died of being gay <laughs> and thus his death could never be natural, you'd have preferred that would have been less... Loathsome. Or if I'd not done the pod podcast at all and just walked around the streets punching babies in the face. That's, you've given yourself nowhere to go, Jackoos. What if this week's show is more loathsome than last week's? What will you say then? You can't say anything. Of course, you could have got yourself out of that conundrum by simply not listening to the second episode of a show you hate. But you're listening, aren't you? Oh, yeah. You still had to listen and then spunk all over your laptop <laughs> as you unnecessarily got infuriated by forcing yourself to experience something you hate. 
Jacques, you, Jacques. Oh, yeah. I've turned your own name against you. Mm. Well, at least you haven't let what he said get to you, Richard. I haven't. It doesn't mean nothing to me. It's waters off a mm. duck's back. Mm. I, I pay no attention to iTunes, Emma. Oh. In any case, 81% of the people on there gave it five stars. So, uh, with 8% giving it four stars, 2% giving it three, 2% giving it two, which I quite like the two people thought, well, it's not that bad. So we'll give it one, but I don't think... Yeah, I've judged this. Does not deserve to be three, and only six in a hundred people giving it one star. So six percent. I think uh, I think I'm vindicated yeah. there. And anyway, I don't care about it. As so. it occurs to me, pointlessly engaging with idiots. Yeah, that's what we do. So after <laughs> the stings are really not going to stay in next week. No, so really, we're going to we're going to stick with them this week, though. We oh, don't the, care. We couldn't they edit them out. No, no, we're no. not going to. No, we're going to stick with them. So after being in the top three of the iTunes tar- chart for a fortnight, not that I look at it every three minutes, the the podcast is slipping back down to Collings and Herring style obscurity. Uh, in an attempt to jump up, fuck, it's a shame we can't retake because I'm saying nearly every word wrong in this. <laughs> <laughs> but I, when I was on a popular uh, uh, quiz show, panel show, uh, there was... It, it, the recording took three and a half hours. I won't tell you which one it was. And the host of that uh, had an autocue and didn't say a single one of his links correctly. He had to retake every single one of his links. So thank God that that show doesn't go out live like ours does. So uh, anyway, in an attempt to drum up some much-needed publicity for this independent podcast, I've commissioned this gigantic helium film Zeppelin... Helium-filled, Zeppelin-style advertising balloon emblazoned with the words, as it occurs to me, couldn't have loathed it more, which I've, I've tethered on the roof of the Leicester Square Theatre. But here's the twist. I'm going to inform all television broadcasters and then the authorities that the entire audience crept into the balloon when I wasn't looking. And coincidentally, at that point, it came loose from its moorings for some reason, and now hundreds of people could be killed. Hundreds? Some people could be killed. (laughs) Meanwhile, you, our audience here, will hide behind their seats, not making a sound. I want to be looking out on an empty auditorium and hear nothing but silence after everything I say. Oh, don't bother, Dan. Yeah, it's too easy, isn't it, really? So, when the balloon comes crashing to ground, for a split second, the nation will think everyone is dead and will be so delighted when they hear that you're alive, they won't really think to question the logic of what has gone on. Not since Karen Matthews hid Shannon Matthews under a bed... Has anyone come up with such a brilliant and short-sighted plan to hoodwink the media? And it'll all be okay, provided this is important, that no one, when asked why they hid for so long, looks at me and says, you you said we did this for a show. And then starts throwing up in a bowl if anyone questions them further. That's all we have to remember. Let's practice. Emma, yes. why did you stay hidden in the, in the theatre? You had said uh, we did this for a show. No! That's the, you, that was the one thing you weren't meant to say. Oh, sh- Dan, surely you can do better than that. <laughs> oh, oh, sorry. I'm sorry. I just, I just feel really awful if I ever have to lie. You've, you've really uh, got to go and watch uh, that stuff on YouTube. It's all there. The Bloom Boy, if you see the interviews that they did where you can see the, the fact that Dad had come up with this plan and you can see in his eyes as he realises it escalates out of his control, his son dobs him in. And throw, there's a bit where he throws up. That's not, we haven't made that up. He throws up into a bowl on live TV and the camera doesn't kind of move away from that. It zooms in <laughs> on this terrified child going, not knowing what's going on. The dad is obviously hasn't slept 
for days. If I'd been the dad in that story, it might have been at that point where my son was vomiting live on national TV through the stress of being forced to lie by his own parents. I might have thought, oh, maybe it's time to admit the obvious truth. It's not, not like I'm going to get away with this. I, I could escape from this incident with a shred of dignity. But he still insisted on fronting out, pretending in the face of psychologically damaging his own son. Uh, I just don't think as a dad he was committed enough. He could have saved himself a lot of trouble if he just actually put Balloon Boy in the balloon and sent him flying off around the country. No, no one would think it was a hoax then. Uh, I mean, there's a very small chance that he might have killed his own son just to get on reality TV. But he had two more sons. Stronger than his, stronger than his other one, who didn't vomit under pressure. Balloon Boy was very much a spare. He was expendable. I tell you, if I had kids, I'd happily risk the lives of at least one of them to get back on the telly. I just... I just want to be on telly. That's just... Let me... Let me be on the telly. As it occurs to me... The death throes of a moribund career. Oh, there we go. See if you put it. I'm losing faith. <laughs> Thanks for that. So uh, it's nice if your your cast is actually losing losing faith with something as you're doing it. That's... <laughs> to help with promoting the show this week on Aotoma, we've got uh, celebrity endorsements from the most famous celebrities in the land. I think you'll be impressed. Let's see who we got up first. Hi, it's me, Jan Moyer. The Daily Mail journalist who wrote that article about Stephen Gately last week. Although I have not heard of any cases of people dying from ear cancer due to listening to podcasts, and when I spoke to the British Medical Council, they said it was impossible to get ear cancer from listening to podcasts, it seems obvious to me that anyone listening to As It Occurs To Me will get ear cancer and they will have no one to blame but themselves and also probably ear aids as well. <laughs> and you deserve it because of the depraved, exciting, sexy, joyful, unjudgmental lives you lead. Why should anyone else be happy if I'm not? Right, hopefully that should win people round. Oh, and by the way, Ludovic Kennedy was a prick. <laughs> oh, I've ruined it again. I'd never have had her on if I'd known she was going to be so rude about us. So uh, it's been another stupidly busy week for me, which is good for As It Occurs To Me, as there's lots to talk about, but it's really bad for As It Occurs To Me because I don't really have any time to write the show. So uh, I didn't know, because in, I stayed up all night, all week, writing sketches. It was I worked so hard, I got no sleep. And then uh, the same thief who stole Harry Enfield's la laptop this weekend <laughs> broke into my car. I don't know why I would leave a laptop in a car. That seems like an insane thing to do. And then he stole mine, and I couldn't remember any. It was all brilliant what I'd written. <laughs> couldn't remember any of it. So I, you know, I had to write the whole thing uh, on Monday morning. That, that is the... That's the reason why. <laughs> Tuesday. Last week, uh, when flying home from Berlin, I, I think I was, uh, re I was reasonably, I think, worried that a six-foot-tall, large-breasted woman in a wig in front of me might be a transvestite or a small-breasted woman terrorist who was cleverly concealing liquid explosives in his or her bra, which he or she would use to destroy the plane in flight. I don't think anyone could accuse me of being paranoid to the point of mental illness. Uh, <laughs> Because we're not allowed to take liquids and drinks onto planes anymore because of those two blokes who thought they could blow up a plane by mixing together different coloured Oasis drinks. <laughs> Idiots. But what if they were hiding liquids in a bra? No one checked the breasts. I tried to. And they arrested me. That's the, 
as if I was the criminal. Uh, I was scared to talk about it on last week's podcast in case Al-Qaeda were listening, because they love my stuff. Hey, fellas, how you doing? Kill the infidels? Yeah, only kidding. Uh, what if they heard me, took advantage of the idea? But I was, I was relieved this week to find out secure, on Tuesday that security services are introducing X-ray machines at airports, which will be able to see terrorists hiding bombs inside latex Eddie Murphy-style fat suits, which is another... <laughs> of my big worries, <laughs> or in false bosoms, or no, even if they've got testicles made out of Semtex. Um, Semtesticles, those are known as in the security services. Uh, some people are worried that, about the fact that an, anon- an anonymous security person in a room away from the scanner will be able to see an outline of their genitals through this thing. I'm happy for security staff to get a view of the outline of my genitals. In fact, I want them to see that, especially if it means a plane isn't going to be blown up. And any bloke who doesn't want that must either be a terrorist or have something to be ashamed of down there. But they're saying that the, um, it's not a sexual thing, you know, which people shouldn't worry because it's not like they're going to be perving and looking at ladies' breasts and men's testicles and stuff. That's, they're professionals. But then this week, later in the week, uh, they said that anyone 18, oh, under 18 isn't going to be allowed to go through the scanners uh, in case the security guards see children without their clothes on. So it obviously is a sexual thing, they're worried. It's like the security guards have gone, hey, no, it's all right when the woman's 18. And I'm looking at, I don't want to be looking at the pre-brubescent breasts just in case I get off. So uh, I think there's a lot to answer for there in that story. Anyway, here's another celebrity endorsement. Hey, it's me, it's Jensen Button, the world champion of motor racing. That's right, I was the best at driving around in a car that had been constructed to be faster than the other cars for, for the first seven weeks until everyone else got cars with the same improvement, after which I didn't really do as well. But, luckily, the first seven weeks saw me through and I am world champion. Me, not the bloke who built the car. Anyway, on the way round and round the track to try and counteract the boredom of my chosen sport, I listened to the first episode of As It Occurs To Me and I thought it was brilliant. So, if you want to be like me, a man famous for sitting inside a very efficient machine, (laughs) then listen to it as well, which which you are already doing. So, these trials are somewhat redundant, in my opinion. Uh, It's almost like they're really just a cheap format to to take the piss out of people in the news with inaccurate voices. (laughs) The second episode isn't as good. Shut up, Button! Shut up, Button! I could have said Button it there, but I have too much respect for you... As an audience, and I want him to shut up. Thursday. Uh, I've been looking forward to my day working on Russell Howard's Good News Show. All those lovely Haribo sweets sitting in bowls, ready for me to gobble up the little coquettish Haribo sweets, tempting me the whorish sweets. Uh, whilst I pretended to be thinking of topical ideas, I didn't even eat any lunch in, a- in anticipation of the glut of gelatinous candies I was about to consume. But when I got there, nothing! No Haribos at all. Almost like the producers had somehow found out I was only doing the show for free Haribos and thinking of stuff I could do in my own show and which they were trying to get back at me. But how could they have found out? What could have tipped them off about that? Uh, you bragging about it on last week's podcast? Uh, yeah, shit. In hindsight, my hubris was an error. But an error I've paid deeply for, Emma Kennedy. No Haribos. So after no Haribos at all to see me through the whole afternoon, I was pretty hungry come dinner time. So I decided to treat myself to a Nando's. Mm. I only eat things that end in O's. That is a rule I have. But I eat anything that ends in O's. 
So it's Haribos, Nando's, Tomatoes, Mangoes, Doritosos, <laughs> Dingoes. Dildos. Yeah, yeah, I eat dildos, Emma. Yeah, they're, they're very, very they are. They're very hard to digest, but I wouldn't want people to think my boast that I eat anything that ends in O's was mm. an idle one. Mm. Pedos. Yep, Dan, yeah, anything, anything that ends in O's, that's why I eat. So, of course, I eat pedos. I'm performing a valuable service to our country. If I, if I find anyone who's interested in having sex with, the child, with children or just looking at the, their genitals through a security system, I, I kill them and then eat them. Two birds with one stone. I should be given a fucking medal, but people judge me. No one seems to mind about Dexter, the TV, you know, on Channel 4. They could make a drama about it. No one seems to mind about Dexter, which is about a man who kills serial killers. When I suggest a script about a man, played by me, who tracks down, kills and eats paedophiles, no one is interested. Hypocrites. So, uh, on Thursday, I made do with Nando's. Who likes Nando's in the audience? Anyone? Yeah, it's a popular... What sauce do you have out there? Show out which sauce. Yeah, that's the only one you should have. And if anyone doesn't have, Andrew Collings has like the herb one at the bottom. But you shouldn't, you have to have extra hot. It's, if it's not extra hot, then you're a twat. That is, I've been trying to get Nando's to make that their new advertising slogan, but they seem less keen. Uh, so I've just started making my own posters, saying that, and then sticking them onto the windows of any Nando's restaurant I pass. Why don't you do that at home? You could do that as well. Make your own creep up to Nando's in the cloak of night. Paste on the, if it's not extra hot, you're a twat posters. Stick them hard on the window with glue that's hard to get off. Do it. And don't tell anyone I told you to do it. But it'd be, if you do it, send a picture in uh, for me to see. Uh, extra hot gives a kick on the way in and on the way out, doesn't it? That's what I like about it. But I don't eat it because of its sphincter heating nature. I, I just like the taste. And anyone, says, and anyone who says I only eat it for the anal afterburn because I get off on having a gently glowing rectum and that's the only way I can get one of those is lying. So uh, Nando's is one restaurant I prefer to eat in alone because it makes me less self-conscious about how disgusting I become when I am eating there because it's absolutely vital for me that I get every single scrap of chicken and gristle off the bone. I end up looking like some kind of hybrid of a, he a hyena and a medieval king. Uh, on Thursday, though, I was a bit put out because they put me on the table right by the window. I was worried I might draw a crowd. Roll up, roll up, come one all, come one all, come one, come all. See the marvellous mustachioed pig man, half human, half swine. Look how he pulls that poor bird's cadaver apart with his claw-like hands and then gnaws it with his pointy little teeth. What a freak of nature. His mother, they say, was trampled by a herd of pigs when she was pregnant, then carried off by an eagle who dropped him into a shark-infested lake. Hence his diabolical features. He then... is fairly turning my stomach, but I can't help but look. Uh, he has no fear that he might be crunching up bone there. His feral, huge stomach, capable of digesting the charred skeleton of that unfortunate fowl. But who is more foul, the pig man or the chicken? Looks. <laughs> I feared I might swoon. But is that from disgust or lust, your ladyship? Oh, disgust. Definitely yeah, disgust. Yeah, yeah. Oh, don't look him in the eye, madam. Don't look him in the eye. If he sees you watching him as he eats, he'll defend himself and the paltry remains of his feast. Leave me alone! Stop looking at me! Stop looking at me! I am not an animal! I am a stupid being! Strange sketch. So, uh, let's, um... <laughs> Let's find out. That's what you get if you write a sketch at two o'clock in the morning. So, um, 
Uh, let's find out, has anything occurred to anyone in our audience this week? Has anyone got an interesting story about what occurred to a lady putting up a hand there? It's like an auction, you mustn't rub your hair. No, that's what you did, you rubbed your hair. I might ask you for a story. Anyone got one? That's the guy, guy over there with a the beard. What's what has happened to you, anything? You started a new job. What job was that? Just uh, writing for Heat magazine. You're writing for Heat magazine. <laughs> wow, that is good. Are you excited about that? Yeah, kind of. You're kind of excited. You're looking forward to just yeah. humiliating celebrities. Yeah. I feel pretty safe with. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I can pretty much do anything. I showed my love. You could take a photo of my stomach. Right yeah, if you like, and then uh, go look. He's got a fat stomach, like he's a normal person, <laughs> because he is. Oh, that's good. Well, well done on that. Good luck. With your heat magazine. It's nice that you stood up to ask that question as well. That is. Anyone else? Is that a guy? What's your. What happened to you? I saw Andrew Collings on the Euston Road two days ago. You saw Andrew Collings on the Euston Road two days ago. He hangs around there looking for, <laughs> looking for young boys. It's uh, something, something we can't talk. Was that exciting? Did you go and talk to him? No, Too scared to talk to him. Yeah, it's fair enough. And there's one more over there. Right over there. So what's, what's your, what have you got, sir? You seem to be unsure about your own story. <laughs> you stopped a girl woman harassing a homeless person. You sort of, that's nice. You were just coming, I'm not coming here to brag about how fucking brilliant. What happened? Well, how was she harassing the homeless person? She started, that's not harassing. The, the woman was making cat sounds at a homeless person. They might have liked that. It's like a little, and it's hard being homeless. You know, they get any, they haven't got TVs. Maybe she thought, and this is. We're doing Tom and Jerry now. It's, no? And, what, and how did you stop him? Did you make, did you bark at him? He said, what are you doing? Well, I... Uh, and that stopped him. Our audience have almost as interesting a life as Dan Tesla. Uh, so good, well, it's lovely to talk to you. And uh, has anything uh, caught your eye, Emma? Do you been watching The X Factor? No, I, I'm obsessively watching the exit. Did, 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 who here's watching it? Yep. Yeah. Do, what did My you audience have more taste generally. What, what did you think of Cheryl Cole's performance? <laughs> oh, just an um. You thought it was incredible. I was, I was, I was. Did, what did you say? You thought it was poor. Piss poor. Piss poor. <laughs> I, I was mostly startled by what she was wearing. Because she just looked like a concierge who'd been raped. <laughs> and did you see that they'd put that like glassy stuff, like anti-climb business on her shoulders? So she's got all ripped trousers. It's like, yeah, come on in, but fuck, don't go near the ears. She's a new mascot for Pornographic Quality Street. It that's is a bit, I've, yeah. That's what I've but heard. the twins, twins, good or bad? But they're so bad, they're good again, aren't they? I mean, I could have... When they did that, when they stopped in the middle of that Britney song to do that, that, that sinister, incesty, you know, oh, here's a watch, and then I'll might bum you or something. I mean, it was just awful. It was, I could have watched that for hours. Thanks, Emma. The bloke from Heat was writing all of that down, I can tell you. So uh, that's next week's issue sorted out for you. It's almost like I planted that guy there for that joke. That is so... There was no reason for him to stand up and say that. He was generally real, I promise you. Anyway, it's time for another celebrity endorsement. Hi, it's me, Leona Lewis, from off of one of those reality TV shows. I, f I forget which one right now. I'm just breaking off from signing my autobiography in Waterstones. Yes, I've written an autobiography, even though I'm still a fetus. What of it? Anyway, 
I just want to say I listened to the first episode of As It Occurs To Me and it was brilliant. Uh, oh, 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 you're kidding. I could not have loathed that pile of shit more. <laughs> I used to love you, Leona Lewis, and all your brilliant songs, but not anymore. Ow! My face. My mainly beautiful but slightly horse-like face. But the horsiness of the face is still quite sexy, so it doesn't mean if you fancy me that you really want to have sex with horses and anyone who says you do is lying. Ow! Wow, the real Leona Lewis there. Pretty impressive. I'm glad, glad she added that thing about the uh, not being... Uh, bestiality if, if you're attracted to her because I think she's nice looking as well. It's almost yeah, like yeah. I wrote that oh, no, and also, to cover myself. <laughs> and yeah, she's a very attractive woman yeah. but also I love her music. Oh! <laughs> no, sorry, sorry I, couldn't, I couldn't go through that. <laughs> Incidentally, uh, there are no sound effects uh, in this week's show. You'll have noticed a couple. I did one myself. That was me hitting my own hand if people at home uh, were wondering. But I went on the internet for a vomit sound effect so, because I didn't, I didn't think Dan was really up to doing that. He's done very well. The one I found, though, it cost eleven dollars forty to download, which, to be honest, beyond the budget of this show. Especially if so many of you sensibly choose to listen to it at home for free, <laughs> rather than paying to come and see it live. It was quite grotesque, it was like breathing, choking, coughing, retching, the vomit going into a bucket. But I noticed for two dollars ninety nine, you could download that sound as a ringtone for your phone. <laughs> I wonder how many of those they sell and if anyone wants to buy one because I can do one for you for $2.50. And also the punch FX, we look for one of those for free and it cost $2.99 uh, for, and it was honestly, the, it was $2.99 and it was this. That was the punch. Someone had done that. There was a riot of this. So I advise you, I don't know how many people are looking for sound effects on the internet, but if, if you want to make some money, uh, maybe get into just making slightly better ones. Or just hang around Waterstones with a tape recorder. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> easy. Friday! So, uh, I've got my Hitler moustache again. Uh, thanks for asking. I was doing the show at Brighton on Friday. I'm in Manchester uh, tomorrow. That's meaningless if you're listening to this any other time than Monday night, which you won't be, uh, on Tuesday. Uh, it's sold out anyway, so it doesn't matter. The, uh, the proper tour starts uh, in January. You can see all the dates on my gig guide on my website. That was strange. So uh, I'd forgotten what it was like to walk around with a toothbrush moustache and how bad the British public are at hiding their ridicule. If I saw a man with a Hitler moustache approaching me, I'd probably try and disguise my amusement or surprise for fear that the man was almost certainly mentally ill and would happily plunge a knitting needle into my eye. But this is what happens to me as I'm walking down the street. Someone will notice me, look astonished, just nudge their friend right completely openly and whisper much too loudly, <gasps> Look at that! as if the moustache somehow makes me deaf and blind, <laughs> as well as having a moustache. It's only covering my, my philtrum. And then for the microsecond they've passed me, they'll both collapse in laughter. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see that? Big eyes. You look like Hitler. What a fucking twat. <laughs> Can't believe the British public. I don't know if they remember the antics that the last bloke who had this moustache got up to, but if they're not careful, I'll crack <laughs> and eat my own shoes and do a little dance with some buns. I subverted the expectations of some of the audience there, but most of them didn't understand what I was talking about. But this time round, I've started to wonder if having this moustache might provoke other more worrying reactions. On Friday in Brighton, I stayed in a hotel I've stayed in before, without too much to complain about, but this time I was given a room with no central heating that backed directly onto two of Brighton's loudest and most unpleasant nightclubs, including a Spearmint Rhino Rouge. 
I don't know what the rouge part means. Uh, I don't know if that means this is a more sophisticated place than your usual spearmint rhino, as if such a thing would be possible. Because if so, you think gold would be a better colour to choose than rouge. Does it make it sexier, rouge? And if so, how could they make dead-eyed women taking off their tops and cavorting around near the laps of bored businessmen any more sexually exciting than it already is? Or, I wondered, is the unique selling point of this club that you're allowed to murder the strippers in a frenzied, frenzied knife attack, covering everything in their red, red... Red blood. That might explain why they had so many men there. I don't think uh, I would sleep all night with the shouting idiots and thumping bass and freezing cold. And I resolved I was really going to complain in, in the morning to the manager, but I did when it came to it and I was checking out, I bottled out. Everything okay with your stay, sir? Yeah, perfect, thanks. Just another seven pounds to pay for drinks. I didn't even have any drinks. Oh, sorry, yes, sir. Mistake. But what's going on here? It had been a really shit day. They were trying to overcharge me. It wasn't until I was leaving I started to wonder, had I received this service because of the moustache? Did they think I was racist and so had deliberately given me the crappiest room and service on purpose? I decided I was being paranoid, but other incidents that day made me wonder if people are prejudiced against people who look like they're racist. And I first experienced this phenomenon some 20-odd years ago when I was in a play at university in which I was portraying a skinhead. So I'd had my head shaved. One Friday night, I was out with a friend and we decided to go to Pizza Hut because I was classy. Uh, but before we'd even got through the door and down the stairs into the actual restaurant, we were stopped by a member of staff. Um, uh, hello, uh, I'll do a young version of me. Hello. Um, <laughs> pretty much the same. I haven't changed that much. Hello, a table... <laughs> I was pretty fat then too. Hello. Hello, a table for two, please. Ah, oh, right. Uh, mm. Sorry, the thing is we've uh, run out of pizza bases. Yes, yes, Ooh. that's it. We, we get all the bases for our pizzas delivered to the restaurant, but they haven't shown up, so we can't make any pizzas tonight. So... It's like 7.30 on a yeah. Friday night. This must be the busiest time. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. You'd, you'd think that a big chain like Pizza Hut would have learned by now that it's important to make sure that every restaurant is well stocked with ingredients at all times when customers are likely to show up. But... Uh, we haven't learned that. We haven't learned that. Well, we have now, obviously, thanks to there being no pizzas. <laughs> Sorry about that. Yeah, but I, I can hear people in the restaurant down there. Yep, yep, yeah, yeah, yes, you can, yes. Uh, and you'd think with what I just said that the restaurant would be empty. Yeah. But the reason it is not is because of the fact that the pizza bases have literally just run out. Mm. Yes, that will work. Oh. Yes. <laughs> and, and so they've all got pizzas, but there are none left now. Or maybe they're, they're all just eating salad. Yes, that, that would work too. Oh, oh, well, could we come in and have a salad? We've just run out of salads. Yeah. Blimey, we've been really unlucky. Yeah, wow, mm. bloody pizza bases. I'll make a note. Make sure in future that this pizza restaurant has pizza bases. Now leave. I thought it was a bit weird at the time, but genuinely I didn't question it until we got over the road and we went for a curry instead. But we had a window seat and could look down on the pizza hut opposite. And people were going in and not getting turned away. I realised the waiter had lied to me about having no pizza bases. As if the thought had never struck me. He'd, he'd seen my shaved head, assumed I was a Nazi, and been prejudiced against me. But I wasn't a Nazi. I was a student actor. Possibly the only thing in the world worse than being a Nazi. So <laughs> I'm prejudiced against people just assuming what I was like. And this night in Brighton was the night in, back in Brighton was the, was the nightmare happening again. I mean, probably I was being paranoid, right? But that lunchtime, coincidentally, I went out for another pizza, this time to Pizza Express, because in 20 years my tastes have got ever so slightly better. But let's face it, not all that much better, really, you'd expect for a 42-year-old man. 
I go somewhere better than that. Anyway, the place was quite full, and as I sat at my table, the waiter came over. Uh, before you get too settled there, I should warn you, sir, we're very busy. We've got a 30-minute waiting time on pizzas. It's weird. Was I being paranoid? The people at Pizza Express in the 21st century are more sophisticated than the backward people in Pizza Hut in the 20th century. They know that I wouldn't be fooled by the no-pizza-bases ruse, <laughs> mainly because Pizza Express has open kitchens, and I could see the bases being twirled around by the homosexual chefs. But it was Brian. But surely this was just a transparent just this was just as transparent a lie. I should have said to him, what? Were you not expecting so many people to be turning up for a pizza at 1 p.m. on a Saturday lunchtime? I don't suppose this has ever happened before, has it? I can understand why you're not so we're not prepared for this, but I didn't. I just said, Oh, it's okay, I'm in no rush. Very good, sir. If you're sure. It's really going to be a long wait. Was it my moustache that was making me... My anti-fascist Hitler moustache? Were they judging me? Although they gave me a menu, no one came and took my order for over 15 minutes. And only then, when I finally broke and stopped to wait a passing by and asked if I could tell him what I wanted. Then, when the pizza came, it was slightly burned on one edge. Was that deliberate? Was I being oversensitive? But then I drove to Leicester for another gig. I was knackered by the time I got there and thought that maybe I should stay overnight. So I popped into the Premier Travel Inn opposite the venue. Hi, do you have a room for tonight at all? Um, no, I'm afraid we're fully booked up for the night. Really? The Premier Travel Inn in Leicester <laughs> is full on a Saturday night. Do you, do you really expect me to believe that? All of a sudden, in the middle of a cold October, loads of people thought, hey, we need a break. Get away for the weekend. You know where I think we should go to? Leicester. That's right, the shittest city in Britain outside of Middlesbrough. It'll be, a it'll be a romantic little jaunt for us to go on, darling, and I want you to know just how much I love you, so I'm going to book us in to their room in the Premier Travel Inn. It costs as little as £29 a night if you book in advance. Do you think I'm stupid? Do you? It's the moustache, isn't it? You've seen the moustache and judged me and you don't want me in your establishment. Or is Lenny Henry somewhere watching every one of his Premier Travel Inns on a closed-circuit camera? He's seen me come in. He's instructing you in your ear to turn me away because he assumes I'm a racist. But I'm not a racist. I love black people. Even Lenny Henry. <laughs> Even when he tries to do serious acting and pulls that ridiculous, serious face he always does. I love him. Don't turn me away, please. No, no, it's nothing to do with that, really. I didn't know if I was being mad. I have no problem with people being prejudiced against racists. That's good. I think racists are bad. And it's okay to be prejudiced against them. But you should check. They're definitely racists before you display that prejudice. Because what if they only look like they're racist, but aren't racist, but you treat them like they're racist? then you've judged that person by the way they look and thus are the same as the racist you hate and thus must also hate yourself. It's time to make a stand for the people out there who are being discriminated against because they have the appearance of a racist but they aren't actually a racist. Admitting those people might just be me, but I, and I could just solve the whole issue by, I don't know, shaving off my Hitler moustache. But still, I think we should st make a stand. As it occurs to me, won't someone please think of the non-racists who look a bit like they might be racist and consequently possibly get slightly worse service than they might have done are probably being paranoid. <laughs> so, uh, it, it seems you spent most of your week eating junk food this week, Richard Keith. Yeah, what of it? I've mm. been busy. Mm. Yeah, well, it's interesting to me that you said you only ate things that end in O's earlier, and yet you've just admitted to eating a pizza. Ah. Aha! Caught you in your lie! Not at all. 
Because the pizza I ate was called the infant. Yeah, clever, clever, but not clever enough because that ends in O and not O's. I ate two of them. Damn you, Herring! <laughs> You're good. Except for one very silly mistake. There is no Inferno pizza on the Pizza Express menu. Game set a match to me! No, Kennedy, because a pizza is round and in the shape of an O, and so if I eat two of them, I've eaten two O's, and so it still fits into my O's eating regime. That is weak. Have we done 45 minutes yet? Anyway, time... I think we have. Time for one more celebrity endorsement. Hello, it's me, Titsy the Dwarf. When I am not suckling tiny bearded men with my huge hairy milkless mangdugs, I like nothing better than listening to As It Occurs To Me whilst I comb my breast fur. That's right, love, you're back, are you? Why not be like me and subscribe to the podcast? And if you're interested in fondling the man memories of a pensioner of restricted growth, then please email me at titsy at hotmail.com. That's titsy with a Z. Very reasonable rates. Discretion guaranteed. Now you know who the hoe was that the other dwarves were on about when they sang hi-ho. That's probably one of the bits that won't make much sense if you weren't here last week. But uh, that's us done for another week. It's been a brilliant show, hasn't it? Yes, yes, it has. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, sorry, I just couldn't carry off, sorry. Hold on, where's TV's Emma Kennedy? Oh, she she got upset after the fight you had about the Pizza Express pizzas uh, and went and hid inside the promotional balloon above the (laughs) theatre. Oh, sorry, sorry. Um, Oh, my God, but what if it comes loose? It probably won't. It's come loose, look. Quick, call the media. And then the authorities and stuff, obviously. I, I just hope she'll be all right, or that if she dies, that the BBC, BBC will honour her memory by giving me my own reality TV show. <laughs> or anything, really. I'll do the roulette thing on Channel 5, if that's all you've got for me. Poor Emma. I hope she'll be OK. You'll have to listen next week to find out. Ooh, what's been happening? I was hiding in this box all along. Oh, shut up. Get what? back in there. What? That's much too early. It hasn't even crashed yet. I told you I'd give you the sign. It's too, it's too late. She's been seen now, and... And we don't edit the programme. Oh, thank God you're safe, Emma. We were so worried. What were you even doing in the box all the time? You uh, said uh, we did this for a show? Oh, you never learn. Oh, I've got to go now. I'm off for my favourite supper. It's some nympho albino pedo Eskimos <laughs> who are wearing kimonos and tuxedos. Mm. You get that a lot less often than you think. Uh, see you next time. Thanks for having us. As It Occurs to Me was written by and starred Richard Herring, AB assisted by me, Dan Tetzel, and TV's Emma Kennedy. Christian Riley did all the musical bits, Ben Walker was in charge. With thanks to Emma Brunches, Kelly Enfield, Rob Sedgbeer, and everyone at the Leicester Square Theatre. A special thanks to Orange Mark and the British Comedy Guy. This is an Avalon and Sky Predato production for anyone who wants it. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, Leicester Square.